Hello, Revolution family. We've got a great episode for you today, um, but we will be discussing uh, some more heavy and mature topics. So if you are a younger listener, uh, we just uh, advise you to check with your parent or guardian before uh, continuing with this episode. Uh, Or if you're tuning in with younger listeners nearby you, please use your discretion. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Revolution Podcast, a place where we discuss the Bible, culture, faith, and why it matters for you. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Chase, and if you're looking for a podcast that explores the revolutionizing power of Christ in your life, then this is the show for you. Hello, Revolution Podcast. Sorry, that was that was really awkward. Chase, Chase wanted me to take the lead on that one. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> not... <laughs> is that how I do it? Oh, no, that's not how you do it. That's just like, I was like, Chase was like, how do, how do you want to, he's like, you're going to start this. And I was like, <laughs> all right. So I'm like, how do I do this? How do I do this? And then I was counting down and then he's like, you're up. And then I was like. I loved it. It was so, I yeah. wanted, I should do that every time though. That was so good. <laughs> my, my brain just wasn't thinking like mellow. I think we're no. going to, we're kind of going like a wave kind of thing. That was good. That was good. Do, can you do the thing where like, you because like you can, do you know like the little levels of your voice? Oh, Vaguely, you could probably feel it because like, you can place your voice in different areas, right? So, right. Like, welcome to Revolution Podcast, right? All kind of one place. But do you know how to like welcome to Revolution Podcast? Like, welcome to Revolution Podcast. Wow, that was very nice. Could you go close to the microphone and try it? Welcome to Revolution Podcast. I think that should be our new intro. <laughs> That was so good. All right. Oh, man. Okay, so we have an episode for you guys today. And guess what? It is Chase's birthday today. Happy birthday to Chase. Chase. Wow. I don't like my birthday very much. Fun fact. Yeah. At school. So I never would tell anybody my birthday when I was younger. Mm. When I went to high school for the first time, nobody knew. Literally nobody. The only people at the school who knew my birthday were my, my brother and my cousin. And I kept such a good, everybody was asking me because I like, I have a late birthday, obviously. And so when I went into high school, I was still, f- would you been 14 or 13? I was 14. Yeah. Cause I turned 15 in grade 10. So I was 14. Um, yeah, I was 14 going into high school. Um, and everybody thought that was super weird because everybody else around me was 15, like in grade nine. Um, and so they were all like, so when, like your birthday must be late. Like, when's your birthday? I wouldn't tell anybody. And I was like, I'm going to be able to get through this whole day without anybody saying happy birthday or being weird. Because everybody's weird on your birthday. They are. Super, I don't like it. Um, oh, yeah. They... So I'm just rude to people on their birthdays to make up for every... No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but anyways, I made it on then. And then I, I saw nobody knows. I'm coming to school. I was able to talk to my brother in the morning and be like, hey, just like, please don't tell anybody at school. Like, we're fine get to school no we're in like the multi-purpose area yeah yeah everybody's like it's like two minutes before the bell rings so everybody's right there um saying hi to all my friends and then my cousin from across the multi-purpose like cafeteria room was like chase happy birthday and it was the worst day of my life <laughs> first world problems anyways so that's my birthday wow Sorry. Yeah. i i actually have a different I don't know. I remember this is like super terrible of me. I remember walking down the hallway and I was like, hey, it's my birthday. <laughs> What's up, everybody? My name is Quinn and it's my birthday. No big deal. What? How's your mom? It's good. Yeah, that was that was like, oh, I was elementary school when that happened. Nice. Um, no, I remember my birthday at uh, GW. Mm-hmm. Somebody found out it was my birthday yep. and we had like 30 guys in the change room before PE just singing happy oh, birthday to me. That actually sounds glorious. Those change rooms or something else, dude. <laughs> so weird. You were not. You got to be on like the sports teams. So like the guys, like the guy, like the sports guys in high school are weird in the change rooms. But they, like, but it's intentional weirdness. Oh, right. Yeah. Me in my grade nine PE <laughs> class, everybody's not meaning to be weird in the change room. They just are. It's oh. so. <laughs> oh my word. Anyways, so many stories that I just I can't say in front of a microphone. So <laughs> we can move on. Same here. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we have got an episode for you guys today. Um, I think that's nice of us. Yeah, I, I think Chase is going to do most of the talking today. Um, really change it up. <laughs> <laughs> Something different today, guys. 
No. Um, yeah, for Chase's birthday, I mean, we kind of explained this when we did my testimony episode. We're going to be going through Chase's testimony. His story, um, yeah, we, we've kind of tried to talk a little bit as much as we can about our stories, but we really wanted to dedicate an episode to see where uh, God's taken Chase, um, where he's at right now, and where he's he's looking to in the future. And um, and we're just, I, I'm just super excited to see where Chase is, where God has placed Chase and where he's put him. Um, and so, yeah, do you want to start off your testimony? Because I don't, um, I can't do your testimony for you. you as much as I would enjoy you explaining <laughs> it. But, when Chase was but a wee lad. Um, <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. Oh my Because we didn't really know each other. So I'd love to hear like, <laughs> just you like make something up. <laughs> um, okay. So I was born into, yeah. Great family, Christian family, loving family. We got eight brothers, eight, yes. Um, whenever I remember my parents told somebody that and they, they just met this guy at like a campground or something. Guy goes, so are you Christian or Mormon? Because uh, you got to be one of the two. And we get that a lot. Um, so yeah, we, we'd always be the family in church that just rolls up with the nine boys. Um, and yeah, great family, three older brothers, five younger. Uh, so pretty close to middle of the pack. Um, interesting. I feel like I'm the youngest brother and the old br oldest brother and the middle child simultaneously. So dude, yeah, because I'm like the youngest of the first batch. Right. I'm the oldest of the second batch, but I'm also like in the middle sort of. So right. Anyways, that's that's what, whenever people like, oh, oldest child things. I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. And oh, for, for the other ones, too. So I just relate to everybody. <laughs> Um, no, that's just me being weird and selfish. Anyways. <laughs> um, so my parents are, they, they, they are incredibly strong, intelligent, uh, believers. Um, they both have amazing relationships with God, um, different, unique, uh, in their own ways. Um, Bible reading was always super encouraged. And so I, I read my Bible a fair amount. Revelation was my favorite book as a child, nice. not because I understood it, but because I loved fantasy books again, because my dad, um, so I liked the Hobbit. I liked Lord of the Rings. I liked Narnia and I liked Revelation because there were dragons and battles and, it was also in the Bible, which just made it a hundred times cooler. And I knew somehow, and I knew it was like a prophecy. So I was like, this is going to happen. This is weird. Um, anyway, so I would read that by the hour in my little, I've got a little, had a little green children's Bible. Um, and yeah, I, I've always been a very introverted, quiet kid. Um, I've become less quiet and more introverted as I got older, I think. Um, <laughs> which is just my way of putting that um took me a second there yeah it's all good i thought i thought i'd maybe get a chuckle out of you but it's fine it's fine okay. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. <laughs> thanks <laughs> um yeah and i've always i would say probably the th the thing the, the way god made me that has defined my life the most um, has been a proclivity to ask questions. Um, I've always been a questioner in like no matter what. Uh, I always, um, I don't like taking things at face value. I, I've always needed to understand things. I think maybe that's why Revelation really fascinated me because I just wanted to know what it meant. Um, and so I'd spent hours pouring over it and trying to figure it out. Um, and so we were also all homeschooled. That's, that's the other thing. All my brothers have been homeschooled most of our education. Um, and so growing up as a Christian homeschooler, it's, it's quite a sheltered life. And I totally lived a sheltered life. And that's not a bad thing. Kids are innocent and that's good. Um, there's no reason to break that sooner than need be. But I, I, I was involved in a theater uh, school for a while as well. Um, and I don't know if you guys have ever met people who are involved in theater, but they're usually not Christian homeschoolers. Um, <laughs> and so I, I began to meet people who, were, who had worldviews and lives very, very, very different from my own. Um, and I, I began to meet people. I had never 
really experienced like you know like as a kid like you know you get upset you cry you get hurt but never like really true pain and i began to meet people who had had like really 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 hard lives and still do in a lot of ways um and i, I remember there's this one friend of mine this girl who was from a catholic family so they were christian um and she had and has uh a chronic pain disorder and i i didn't know that about I, I i knew her for quite a few years and i didn't know that about her for a while and then i found out that she lived every moment in pain dizziness having trouble walking through doorways which was just a weird thought to me but she's like the pain is so bad that she doesn't have really good spatial awareness mm -hmm. and so she'll run into doorways sometimes um and all that sort of thing and um it's a potentially life-threatening condition doctors you know whatever it's one of those weird medical things and i just remember learning that for somebody who was from a christian family somebody just born that way hadn't done anything wrong and i remember and like a really good person too right like a really really good kind sweet person this was probably age 10 that i found this out i remember just thinking like wow like how on earth could that could mm -hmm. that happen? Because yeah, yeah. um, God's in control. I've always been told God's in control. Why on earth would God let that happen or make that happen? Why, like, why wouldn't He stop that? Um, and then that progressed to a whole host of questions. Is um, as I grew up and matured a little bit and got exposed to the world more and exposed more to people's pain, um, and and started to experience pain of my own and read more of the Bible, just all the questions started cascading in. Um, how could God allow suffering? Why would God send people to hell? How can we have free will if God is in control? Is God completely in control or do we have free will? Because I think we have free will, but if we can actually make free decisions, and that means God can't be in control. Um, how does the Bible line up against all these other world religions? Like, why, why do we think the Bible is true? It doesn't make sense that we would call the Bible the word of God. Like, it's just a book. Like, th there's no reason to believe that. Uh, why would I believe Jesus rose from the dead? That doesn't, like, that, that literally makes no sense. And all these questions started pouring in. And it got to a place where I just had this, like, such a doubt. I had no answers for any of these questions. I didn't feel like I could talk about them, that I just made the decision for myself. And I, I had at that point begun to hate the idea of God, right? Like um, like unanswered prayer, all this pain, these unanswered questions. I was like, this, like if God's out there and he's you know, letting this pain happen, making this pain happen, letting me go with unanswered prayers, like just he's not answering my questions. Clearly he doesn't care about me. And I just piled up. And one day I was like, you know, if you're real, I, like, I hate you. And but that doesn't matter very much because I don't think you're real anyways. Um, so I just made the decision for, decision for myself. I, you know, I, I didn't want to like make a big deal out of it, right? Not because I was embarrassed or ashamed of that decision, mm -hmm. but because I was like, I don't want this to seem like an attention seeking thing. And so I kind of made the decision, like if somebody asks me, like, are you a Christian? I'll just say no, but I'm not going to go around just like, you know, broadcasting it because that just seems silly and um, self-absorbed and I didn't want to be like that. And so... I made that decision. I had that conversation with quite a few people, family members. I remember talking about that with my oldest brother one day. Um, and in, involved uh, along this time period, I'm, I'm getting older, like tw 11, 12, 13, coming on 14. All, all this question is happening over then, living life. Um, I definitely got involved in quite like, like I, I, I actually relate quite well to your story, Quinn, where um, uh, definitely, you know, as a young guy going through puberty, started getting wrapped up in sins of lust and discovered um, pornography slow. That was actually like a slow journey towards discovering pornography. Eventually I did. And um, in my like in my worldview at the time, there's literally nothing wrong with that. Um, even though it felt intrinsically shameful, um, I was like, whatever, like, I don't care. Um, and it, it seemed to satisfy like th these wants, these desires and, and primarily like partially like, like, like obviously going through puberty, like a, like a sexual desire, but even more fundamentally, um, I was, I was very, very lonely as a child, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, like big, like, I think, I think, yeah, like, again, I love my family. I have a loving family. Um, 
but you know, lots of people are wired differently, right? And so I was just wired a certain way and um, being very introverted and, um, but wanting people to like me, I never liked expressing my needs because I felt like that made me needy. And so I never told my parents, like, this is how I feel love and this is how I feel accepted and all that. And so because I didn't express that, obviously you, you can't fulfill an expectation that isn't said out loud. And so mm-hmm. um, I went through a lot of my childhood feeling quite lonely and isolated um, and so there, there was something in satisfying lustful desires through pornography um, and viewing pornography that made, like, seemed to dull that for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Seemed to dull yeah. the loneliness, seemed to make me feel um, like, like it, it was almost like this fantasy world where it's like somebody could actually want me. That, that's primarily what it was. It was it was a desire to be wanted, mm-hmm. a desire to be more than wanted. Um, and this obviously, you know, um, I don't want to be explicit, but like you, you, there, because there's a sexual edge, obviously, to pornography. Um, and so it, it was like a desire, like a desire to be wanted, but also a desire to be needed, to be necessary to somebody. And that comes out quite sexually in pornography, obviously. Um, but it was it was a very emotional thing of just wanting somebody to need me. Um, so, so anyway, so that was that. So I was getting wrapped up in that. I also related to what you said in your testimony about getting wrapped up in like this compulsive line, the sin of that. I very much got caught up in that. I was a very, very manipulative person uh, up until very recently, actually. Uh, and God's um, doing a great job of working that out of me. But um, I just wanted to be liked. Again, that comes back to like this desire to be wanted, to be needed. I just wanted people to like me. And so I learned very early on how to study people, how to learn how people think, how they work, what they want, how to give people what they want so that they like me. I I learned, I don't know, I think maybe theater had something to do with that. Um, My love of reading and writing had something to do with that because you learn uh, through characters how people's brains work. Mm -hmm. Um, And just being an introvert, it's, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like I'm a little mini psychopath in the making, which maybe I was, but definitely learned (laughs) quite early how to manipulate people uh, to get what I wanted out of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that just became a constant theme of a lot of my friendships and relationships at the time. And then my dad asked me to um, work through a book with him by this guy, C.S. Lewis, um, who I just thought had written Narnia and I didn't know he'd written anything else. But my dad showed me a book by him called Mere Christianity, which I thought, I was like, I I wanted to read it because I thought the title was cool. It's like mere Christianity. That's that's clever. I can see what you could do with that. So I was like, I, I kind of want to see what he, what he's going to do with that. And I was expecting lots of things. I was expecting him to talk about the Bible a lot, all this sort of stuff. And my dad was like, let's read like a chapter, two chapters a week, and then we'll talk about it. And I remember cracking open mere Christianity for the first time. I just remember it was like a hardback with like ruffled pages. I love, I, I like, yeah, I, I like my books with the ruffled pages. Um, I, I just, I've, I'm a, I'm a book guy. I don't know what to say. I've got preferences. I remember opening that and I remember being shocked by the first paragraph, like floored because this was a man. I wish I had it with me so I could like read the first paragraph properly because I could paraphrase it, but I, I would love to get the, like, if anybody has read Lewis, you know, the power of his language. Mm-hmm. He is such an eloquent deep but clever thinker i love his cleverness almost more than anything about anything else about him his cleverness and his clarity i i had never read somebody who could talk about the universe existence and human nature so clearly like mm-hmm. he didn't waste words but also so cleverly and insightfully and i remember reading that now and it, it, he wasn't saying anything about god which i was i was like that hooked me Right, he he was just talking about humans, mm, yeah. and I remember reading that and every th- every sentence, I was like, "Yes, that's true." He was just talking about human nature, and then you get to the end of that like first mini essay, and I'm like, I can kind of see where he's going, but I was like, I don't disagree with anything so far. That he was, yeah, I, I was floored just by his intelligence and and the depth of his writing. So I remember working through that book, and I ended up reading way ahead of my dad because uh, I just loved, I I couldn't get enough of him. Um, and my dad, we, we are, we, our family had already owned one copy of Mere Christianity, but because we were going to be reading at the same time, he ordered another copy, but he didn't just order Mere Christianity. He, he bought 
a C.S. Lewis box set yeah. of his like classic works. Um, and so my dad was reading from that and I was reading from our old family copy. Um, but I finished Mere Christianity in a week um, and then began reading through every other book in that box set because I, I couldn't get enough of Lewis. So I read Screwtape Letters. I read um, The Problem of Pain was another one. I read A Grief Observed really fast. And I, 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 I remember... By the time I finished Mere Christianity, I before that I was an atheist. I was like, God, there is no God. After I finished Mere Christianity, I was like, God could be real. In fact, I think he probably is, but I don't know what he's like. I don't know how to know what he's like. And I knew Lewis had his ideas about what God was like, but I was like, I, you know, he got me into agnosticism. And I was an agnostic far longer than I was an atheist. Um and so anyways, we, we keep going on. That, that was the first big um, spiritual stepping stone for me. Um, my conversion wasn't one blinding moment, right? Yeah. It, was, it, was a, it was a long process, um, which I think is, gives some encouragement for people who are evangelizing. Like you, you, don't, you don't need a snap decision. You need to present the gospel, present truth convincingly and let God do the work. And that could take years. Um, but there are so many steps along the way. Like, just be willing. Don't don't feel the need to be the finish line. Be humble enough to be a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. That that'd be my encouragement to people in that. Uh, anyways, I keep going on in life, and I get wrapped up in all this sin. Um, very self destructive lifestyle, and so COVID happened. Um, and that summer, so it was like quite a few months afterwards, and things are you were you were actually allowed out of your house again. Right. Okay, it was nice. Um, and I I had gotten, I, I was experiencing uh, like a severe wave of depression at the time. I I I had in, I well you know I never got diagnosed, but I think I can recognize in myself anxiety. Uh, for at least two years, like this constant underlying wave of anxiety that would swell at times and mm-hmm. ebb at others. Yeah. Uh, and then depression was not constant, um, but it, there were there were like times in my in my life when I was younger when it would just hit hard and fast, and I would be like I, I like yeah I, I don't know how quite how to describe it, um, but there was one time, COVID, like completely isolated. The isolated feelings really fed into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of when things were opening up, I was in a really severe um, like wave of depression, um, feeling just like completely unloved, completely cut off from my family, um, completely like just aimless. It was, it was existential as well as quite personal, right? Like I just mm-hmm. felt like there's no reason to live. Um, and that, that was the existential part. The personal part was because nobody loves me, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of culminated in me... Um, I mean, I, I like engaging in self harm uh, for like a, like a month. Like I would regularly cut myself, um, and then one the last time I ever did, um, my mom caught me. I, what was this? Grade nine? Yeah, this was coming out of grade nine into the summer, like summer going into grade ten. Yeah. Um, and so my parents had encouraged me to see a counselor a little bit before then, but at that point they were like, this actually isn't going to be your decision anymore. You're going to see somebody and you're going to get help. Mm. Um, and I was like, I was so against that. I'd had friends who had seen counselors and they had all said bad things. I just didn't want to do it. And then I did um, randomly. I, I won't go into it because I want to keep moving. Um, but there was a, a guy from our church who had worked with a youth group. I never attended very seriously, but I knew him a little bit and I really liked him. Um, and I had been able to open up to him for like 10 seconds about something months before then, before everything shut down. I was able to open up to him about something honestly for 10 seconds. And I think those were like up to that point, the most honest 10 seconds in my life. Um, and so my parents were suggesting people they knew, people that they knew from our church, uh, respected like like uncles of mine, different stuff like that. And I was like, can I do this guy? And they're like, who? Who on earth is that? Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, and then I ended up being able to see him. And uh, he was my counselor for uh, like a year. Um, and that was one of the most healthy and impactful relationships of my life. Yeah. Um, and he was just able to like, I, like I, I think that was the, again, going back, I, I, I craved to be known. I, I craved to be like wanted as a person, right? Just like just a relationship that's actually enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was 
so healing just to be able to talk and explain and for somebody to care about what I was talking and explaining about. Um, anyways, in the course of that, we got into, because he's obviously a Christian and he, I, I was, I, I always thought, I was like, he's just going to start evangelizing to me and it's going to be terrible. No, he never, he never pushed anything. He, he always asked questions um, and then, and, and pushback and very healthy pushback to make yeah. me think, not, not to try to get me to do stuff, but to make me think. And I, that, I appreciate that still to this day in a person more than almost anything else is like pushing me to think. And uh, I, I kind of explained because it, it, the relationship was a lot of me explaining and talking and um, him unpacking that. And I explained a lot because we were discussing my family and how I felt cut off. And it's like, is it maybe because they're all believers and you're not? And so we got into that a little bit and started getting to the reasoning. And I explained all those questions, hell, suffering, free will, those sorts of things. And he said, this was so impactful for me. He said, those are really good questions. And I was like, do you actually think so? He's like, yeah, those are really good, serious questions. And I know a lot of believers who have been believers like 20, 30 years who've never thought about those questions and don't have answers for them. And I was like, oh, okay, awesome. Um, and then he encouraged me to do two things. He said, if you're going to criticize the Bible, you should be reading it. Um, and he said, and no, then he offered uh, to lend me a book. Uh, multiple. It ended up being multiple books, but yeah, he offered to lend me a book. Um, and he said, just, like, just take this for a month and then get back to me. And it was The Case for Faith by Lee Strobel. Um, and then I read it in a week and I gave it back to him and it was amazing. It, that book changed like just like, like I, I love C.S. Lewis. Problem of Pain is a great book, but Lee Strobel, his chapter on pain in Case for Faith is the best I've ever read on that. Um, and it it just, yeah, it revolutionized things for me. And so I read that and that was awesome. Anyways, that relationship keeps going and God used that very much to heal my soul and heart and mind in a lot of ways to make me just become like a healthier person on an emotional, mental level, which was a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. um, but slowly in the course of all this, you can see God, so, like, ans you, like I was mad at God for not answering my questions. And through all this, he, he's answering those questions in his own timing, in his own way, not just mm -hmm. giving me the cop out, but like leading me into a healthier, like a healthier being, a healthier yeah. life, a more fulfilling, better, joyful life, answering the questions along the way. Amazing. Um, and then the other, the other big question, like how could God let people go to hell? Um, so the Lewis box set, I didn't read them all right in a row. And The Great Divorce was one of the last books I read in that box set. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought it was just going to be a story because it looked like a story when I just read like the little back blurb. Like, oh, like right. a man takes a bus ride to uh, heaven and from, like from hell into heaven. And I was like, oh, okay, that Lewis is going to like tell a nice little story. Great story guy. And I read it and it it blew me away. Honestly, like his idea of the gates of hell are locked from the inside and and just the characters who who were in hell and they didn't even know they were in hell and the his point was that because it was their life right like hell is this this um like oh no what's the line from that book um in the end there are only two types of people those who say to God, your will be done, and those to whom God says, your will be done. Mm. And I remember reading that, and I like, I like nursed that sentence for a week. And still, like, it, it is, it is, he, again, that's just, that's just his power, right? Like mm. such a, yeah. such a good writer. Um, and it's totally true. Like people can say to God, your will be done, or God, like, and it was that shift. God doesn't just like, cast people into hell people go in there willingly and lock the door so nobody can come take them out um and that that blew me away really and so all these questions are being answered for me anyways life keeps going on and i'm less of a just like self-destructive person <laughs> like, like i just you know whatever growing up right like that's just growing up like, becoming better coming healthier coming stronger mentally and emotionally um and when did this next part happen all the years, there's so many things that have happened. It blurs together sometimes. There's one big question. Um, 
still. Like I still didn't understand. Like like I I'd read about it, um, but I still was like, how could God allow suffering? That was the one thing I was still sticking on. That was one thing I couldn't let go. Still, like I had heard good answers to it. I had a good heard good theologies around pain and suffering. But I still like I was like, but still, God's in control. And it's kind of like the trilemma, right? If God's all powerful, all knowing, and all loving, how could He allow evil to exist? And then, um, I remember expressing that to a friend of mine, um, and we were just talking about it. And she was a believer, and I wasn't. Um, and I just we, we were talking about that a bit because she thought it was interesting because my family was, and I wasn't. And we were just talking about. It. And then I expressed that to her, and she she just listened, and it was good. And then, not like a week after that. Um, I was watching, I didn't even know who William Lane Craig was at the time. It was just this random video that popped up. It was a very short clip of him. Um, and I watched it for some reason. Um, and he, in that he said, he was talking about that, that exact question, that exact problem. He said, if you are to seriously hold that question, you need to prove to me that God can't have perfectly good loving reasons for allowing the evil that happens to take place i remember hearing that and i was like well i can't like i guess you know there's lots of times in my life when bad things have turned into good so why couldn't god do that with all pain and suffering and i was like it's a good point uh, and i was like but and then i was like could, how, like how, how do i know like how do i know that's that is what god is doing and then william lane craig he said look at the cross and i remember that and i remember thinking that i remember reading um that account again um and just like like that's the most evil event ever, right? Like all the evil mm -hmm. things that happen in yeah. the world, the cross was the most evil. And yet it's also the, the, the source of all the good news of the Bible as well. And yeah. I was like, okay, if God can use the most evil event in the world for the greatest news in the world, of course he can use the lesser evils for lesser goods. I was like, of course that makes sense. And I can't prove that he's not doing that. And in fact, I see many instances of him, of him doing that. So that, that and then I, then I I remember sitting and I was like I don't have any more questions. I was like this God of the Bible makes sense. I was like I could very intellectually honestly believe in him and that was stunning to me. Anyways, um, also during this time my sister-in-law had encouraged me because I, I then went through now my whole up was emotional. I said I don't feel like I love God. So how can I commit my life to him if I don't love him? Should I just commit it to him and then hope love comes along or should I wait for love to happen then commit or can the love only happen if I commit to him? I was feeling lost and she said I don't I don't I don't have good answers. I don't have perfect answer. But why don't you just if you want to get to know him better, why don't you just start hearing his, from his words a little bit more? And I said that's yeah. good. And so I started that January to read and i started a one year through the bible program um and pretty uh, in march the first time through matthew i didn't catch this but in march i was reading through matthew again for some reason and at our youth group our pastor had just announced that um, our church was doing a baptism um, class soon so a couple weeks after that i was reading in the gospel of matthew chapter 10 and it was just these few verses matthew 10 34 through 39 it says do Jesus, this is Jesus talking. And I'd never, like the first time through, I just must have completely missed this. I'd never heard this before. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, do not think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I was like, wait, I shouldn't think that. <laughs> Hold up. And that intrigued me. So I kept reading. Jesus says, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And that, I, I, I don't know if that passage has ever converted anybody. Um, but <laughs> I just, I remember sitting in my bed reading that. And I just, I just broke. And I was like, Lord, don't let me lose my life. 
I like, I, I just felt helpless and I was like, God, keep me from losing my life. And so I texted, it was like 1130 at night and I texted my youth pastor and I was like, is it too late to join this baptism class? Cause I was like, I need to get baptized and I, I need to do this. Um, and he said, yes, <laughs> it already happened. <laughs> but then, but then we were able to meet up uh, before youth group one day and like, we sat down for an hour and we blasted through the the curriculum that the church likes to go through before baptism. We just got through it. And then just like a few weeks later, um, I was baptized on Easter. Yeah. Easter Sunday, I was mm -hmm. baptized and that was pretty amazing. That, that was, was pretty special. Um, raised to new life indeed. Um, and yeah, so that, that, that was my journey to conversion. Um, that was not the end of God teaching me stuff slowly but surely. Um, so there's, there's a few avenues. I, I know we need to finish up in the next little while here. So um, it's a few things. There's things God continued to teach me. Uh, there are hard things he has asked me to do. And there is sin that he has stamped out in my life. Um, and all, all of them are connected in their own ways. Um, but I mean, yeah, God, God, like that from that moment onwards, I, I've never experienced anxiety or depression, like even an inkling of it. So that was instant healing on that front, which was amazing. Uh, cause, cause that was some real suffering for a while. Um, people don't hurt themselves for fun. Um, there are two things so far that I know, cause this, you know, it, it hasn't been so long and I'm not that old, but there, there, I know for sure there, there over the next year and a half to where we are in the present day. There, yeah. there are two big things that God needed to teach me and has taught me. Um, and one of them is very, very recent and I'm still learning it. And the other one took me a while because I'm stubborn. Um, the two things are that he is sovereign, um, completely in control. He is everything. Um, in him, all things hold together. Nothing is outside of his control. And I needed to learn what that meant. The other thing that I need to learn was that him alone can satisfy him alone can bring joy him alone can be my what does the bible say my portion and my prize he alone can be my treasure those are the two things that god needed and has taught me um so i was convinced of his providence through his word um there are a few passages i knew uh, I knew that we're saved through faith, right? Like that's how we access the redeeming mm -hmm. work of Jesus. And then I read um, this passage in Romans 12. Romans 12 verse three says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. And he says this, each according to the measure, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Mm -hmm. I remember reading that and catching that and being like, God assigns our measure of faith. I remember I was like, wait a second, hold up. <laughs> if I'm saved through faith, if faith is what saves people, but God gives people faith, I was like, does that mean I don't actually have anything to do with it? And I, that, I, I had to, I, I wrestled with that. And anyways, that was the first thing. Next thing I read in Ephesians 2. You know this. Everybody knows this. Um, okay. But but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he has loved us, loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. It's like God does all the, God's doing this great work. That's amazing. And he says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. There it mm -hmm. is. God's grace plus my faith equals salvation. Excellent. He does 99%, I do the 1%, right? I, all I need to do is believe. It's a small thing, but I, I need to do my part. And he says this. I remember catching this for the first time. And this is not your own doing. And we need to pause. What does he, and what is the this? Let's go back to the previous sentence. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. Is it the, the grace is not your own doing? That doesn't make sense because the whole thing he's been saying before is that it's obviously God's grace. Our grace has nothing to do with that. Right. So it wouldn't make sense that he's talking about that. The only other thing he'd be talking about though is faith. So 
for by grace you've been saved through faith. Then he says, and this, as in this faith, is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, Mm -hmm. not a result of works so that no one may boast. And I was like, whoa, that means God and God alone brings salvation. And then John 10, Jesus says, um, he's talking, he's talking, this passage about the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Um, He says, I laid, and he says this, I laid down my life for the sheep. So in other words, the sacrifice I give is for my sheep. Mm-hmm. And he says, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. In other words, even people who don't, or they're not Christians right now, they're, they're going to be collected. They're out there. And he says, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. But then the Pharisees, just a while, just a few verses down in the chapter, they're doubting Jesus, right? And Jesus says, um, the works that I do in my father's name, he says this, I told you and you do not believe. Right? These people are questioning him. Tell us that you're the Christ. Tell us plainly. He says, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my father's name bear witness about me. But, and he says this, this blew me away. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And I like wrestled with that passage that was one of the hardest things I've ever read because I was like, that means God is completely in control of salvation. Blew me away. So I needed to learn that because I, I, because then you're like, well, why, you know, why does that matter? Because, because that's God. Like, I I think it matters, um, truth about God. Um, because, you get one degree off, one degree off, one degree off. And like, you know, like Muslims believe in God, but they don't know who God is. Lots of people believe in God without knowing who he is. And so it's quite important to know who he is. So there is that. And I need to learn to love and cherish God alone as my true satisfaction. Uh, we don't have a lot of time, so I, I can't get into all of this too much. But mm-hmm. um, man, at the time, so this was after my conversion in that March of 2022. It's 2022 because yes. now it's 2023 and it's, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, so that's, so this time last year actually is when, is when this event took place. Um, man, there is, uh, there is just a girl in my life who like, we were completely, totally in love, both believers, um, like, yeah, just, you know, that sort of thing where where you just really, really, truly, truly love each other. Um, And I was never prayer, right? I I never prayed in my walk with God. That was kind of the one thing I was like, I know I need to work on prayer. Um, And so for the first time in my life around this time last year, I started praying. Um, The first thing I was like, God, like, you know, obviously like lead me in my relationship with this girl. Like, you know, let, let us walk in you. It's just an innocent little request. And you know how God says, like, asking you, asking you will receive? <laughs> it's like, oh, did he let me know what he wanted me to do? Yeah. I've never felt so convicted. Um, I was in tears, like, night and day um, because I felt this weight on my heart saying, you need to let her go right now. Um, and that was the last thing I wanted to do at the time. Yeah. Um, absolutely. It like I, I fought, I wrestled, um, and then and then we, me and this girl, we went to church this one Sunday, um, and then afterward, we she's a brilliant person, and so we'd always have the greatest conversations after church, and we got on the subject of Abraham and Isaac. And the sac- like the sacrifice that God called him to. Right. And we were talking, like, you know, this represents like it has stuff to say about parenthood, parent child relations. And then we we're like, it also means that when like that you need to be willing to give up that which you love most for God. Um, not necessarily because God just wants you to give it up, but because God, like in that story, God didn't just ask for the sacrifice of Isaac for like willy-nilly. He needed Abraham to realize that he was willing to do that. He needed to grow Abraham because maybe Abraham before that didn't actually know that he loved God more than his son, but he needed to go go through with the sacrifice in order to know my God is first and foremost. And we just talked about that. And then she left. 
Um, and I was just, I remember sitting there thinking about our discussion and I was like, shoot, shoot. Anyway, so anyway, so anyway, I'll, I'll spare the details about all that, but we, we did end up separating for a while. Um, and sometimes you don't run to God to be filled until you have nothing else to try to fill yourself with. Hmm. Right. Like, yeah. like I, like the Psalms have just spoken to me lately. Like my cup overflows. Um, that's what it means to be happy, right? Like my cup overflows. I have so much joy just pours out of me. That's, that's what it means. And that's what relationship with God is. Um, but we as humans and me, my whole life, I've been trying to feel like going back again to that theme. I want to be known. I want to be loved. I want to be wanted. I want to be needed. I want to be so necessary to somebody. I have been my whole life trying to fill that cup with things that only half satisfy. Mm-hmm. Things that only give a small taste of what it means to have a full cup. Um, and then God has just taught me what it means for that cup to overflow because of him. I, he knew, like, I, I never would have sought him out so desperately unless I had nothing to try to fill that cup with. And um, mm-hmm. unf- it's one of the dangerous things maybe about love is that it can lead you to ignore everything else. Um and yeah, so God, God just had to teach me and it took, it took, it took a year uh, to teach me what it means to find joy in him. Like, I, like when I say like, I've, I'm just learning that recently, I'm, I think I'm really, really finally learning that quite recently, um, even though it's been a progressive learning. Um, and I mean, joy, like, like praise be to God, like that separation wasn't forever. Um, me and this girl after a year of separation and God, and God used that time to grow her as well, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. He, it wasn't just like a Definitely. me thing. He, he used it in her life so magnificently as well. And so I, I just thank him for his grace in that, like our, me and her just being so weak of like, n- like not wanting to let go of this love that we had and then him um driving like i i love in the gospel of mark right at the beginning it says that jesus is baptized by john um the spirit comes upon him and immediately what happens is the spirit drove him into the wilderness to be tempted mm-hmm. god drove us to the, that point right like drove that word drove is the same word when jesus drove people out of the temple the mm-hmm. the money lenders out of the temple it's this it's violent in some ways right it is it's not compromising it's unwavering it is you will do this mm-hmm. no is not an option yeah um and so yeah god drove us in that way and you might say well that's cruel it's like no that's that's love um what what kind of love is it when you leave somebody in a place where they're less well off mm-hmm. right like sometimes sometimes love needs to be like when you say love is unwavering that's what it is and so Anyways, anyways, like I was saying, just super, super blessed that that separation wasn't forever because neither of us really stopped loving each other, <laughs> even though we didn't see each other and talk for so long. But uh, in, and this is the beautiful thing, I think, and I think this is good, is that in coming to love God more, I actually, I think I came to love her even more as well, um, which uh, again, that, that was just a hidden blessing. I never even thought that could happen, but like, um, I was like, oh, so like loving you the most is actually good because it actually makes me love her even more, which is just, I was like, oh, okay. So like, even if I was like, well, no, like I love her, so I'm not going to let her go. That actually would lead me not being able to love her as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, God, God's just used that in so many ways. And so that's kind of where I'm at. Where am I going? Just very quickly, because we, we definitely need to wrap this up. But just hope God keeps working on my heart. Um, teach me to be humble. Teach me to be compassionate. There's a lot there. I totally didn't even leave room for you to ask me questions. I was just literally talking the entire time. How are you, Quinn? I, I'm good. I, I mean, I told you Chase would be talking most of the episode. And it was the whole time. So, <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's a little bit of my story. Yeah, man. Oh, do we have time for questions or not? Really? I think we need to wrap it up. Okay. Do you have any questions that you want to ask? Um, I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm okay doing just, a little just bit longer. Thirty seconds, sure, if you can. I'll do. You know I can't, but I will do my <laughs> best. Um, I tend to take twice the amount of time people give to me. Half an hour sermon, yeah. we'll do an hour. Thirty second answers, we'll do a minute. Go. Um, what are you hoping? Because you're going to Bible college mm-hmm. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you hoping? to get out of Bible college the most? I am hoping that God 
continues to te- like I, I want him to teach me to be humble because I struggle with that a lot. Um, I want him to teach me um, how 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 to love people better, how how to love people when it's hard to love them. Um, and you know, it's like, well, you're going to school. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I'll be meeting a lot of new people. Um, and so primarily, I'm, I, you know, like classrooms, all that sort of thing, it'll be great. And like, uh, do I want him to increase knowledge of him? Absolutely. Um, but I want him to show me how to love these people I'm going to meet. Dude, yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's probably all we got time for. Probably. Do you have any other, like, do you have any, like, super interesting questions you want to ask? <laughs> I don't, not that that one, sorry, not that that one wasn't interesting, but like, I'm just like, if you want to funnel, if you have like a bunch of questions, like um, pick the most interesting ones if you'd like. No, uh, it, I guess from this, from this podcast, people see mm-hmm. how passionate you are for the Bible. And even, even in this episode, um, itself, but what makes you want to get up and read your Bible? What, mm. what's that for you, for, for someone who, um, even if they have questions or doubts, or they're they're kind of in that atheism, agnosticism, yeah. or even just weak Christianity, what what makes you uh, get up and want to read your Bible? It and- makes me happier than anything else in the whole world. Yeah, um, because the Bible is how I know God. There's no other way to know God. Um, God didn't reveal Himself in a YouTube video or an Instagram reel or um, or in like a painting. He could have chosen any of those things, but He chose a book, um, and so. Yes, you get to know God through prayer. Yes, you get to know God through living your life and through testimony and talking with people. But primarily, you get to know God through the words he wrote about himself in the Bible. Um, and there is nothing, I, I truly, truly have learned that like there is nothing in my life that makes me so happy as knowing God and knowing his love for me. And the Bible is how I know that. And so I, I, I do find myself desperate to read it sometimes because I'm like, I, I feel unhappy. I feel sad. I feel the need to be loved. And so I turn to the Bible to find nourishment in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, a, that's a, and some people like will be like, oh, well, you know, that sounds kind of, maybe does that sound selfish? And it's like, I, I think that's actually the whole point. And maybe we don't have time to get into that right now. But yeah, probably not. God in the Psalms says, delight yourself in the Lord. And so I'm just, yeah, I, I found that the Bible is how that happens. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, that's I had a couple more, but you kind of answered them as you were talking. So. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else or I think for up? now that's good. Awesome. All right. Well, do you want to do the little outro thing too? You know, I don't have it memorized. You're good. Oh, that's okay. Okay. Well, whatever platform you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else, just encourage you to follow the show, leave a review if you can. It's a small, easy, free way to help us, but it does go a lot further than you think. Follow us on Instagram at RevolutionPod for updates and other resources. Um, And we will be back next Tuesday, as always, for another episode. If you think this episode was good, helpful, or bad, uh, send critiques, comments, questions, uh, encouragements to us, and send it to other people if you think it would be helpful for loved ones that you may know um yeah and please tune in next week as we will have another great episode for you see ya